So I read, I read this psalm uh, this week, and I listened to it in my car uh, over and over and over again. Matter of fact, uh, sometimes when I get in my car, if I've been listening to Scripture on my phone, it'll come on in my car, and I can't get it to turn off in my car, which is not a bad thing, but sometimes it gets like, God, what are you trying to say to me? Like, you keep speaking. Like, even people call me on the phone, I can still hear Scripture reading over the phone, which is okay, I guess. But this is, this, listen to this. This is, this goes great with this song that we just sang because I think, uh, I think it's good to, to be encouraged. It's good to be uh, challenged by God's word. It's good to know that there is deliverance in battle, right? Like, are you in a battle? Are we going through stuff? Like, are you going through already? It's just the first week into 2018. We already got some stuff. We're just battling through. I don't know about you. Like, man, all week long, just battling through sickness. I, our little granddaughter is two and a half. She's got influenza A. It's a me- like, that, all that is is like a really, really bad cold. <laughs> and snot everywhere. It was, it was crazy. And so, so listen to this. this I hope you'd be encouraged by this. I don't know. I got, I got one word for the Chiefs game. Ah! All right, that's all I'm going to say about that. I don't know if anybody else feel that way. Just get that out of the way. All right. Listen to this, deliverance in battle, this is Psalm 20, mighty is our God, listen to this. May the Lord answer you in a day of trouble, may the name of Jacob's God protect you, may he send you help from the sanctuary and sustain you from Zion. Like, do you know, like, God is, he sees you, he sees right where you're at, and he's sending you help, like, you're not alone, like, he goes, I know what you need, just hold on, help is coming. May he remember all of your offerings and accept your burnt offering. May he give you what your heart desires and fulfill your whole purpose. Isn't that that a great expectation for 2018? May he give you what your heart desires and fulfill your whole purpose. Let us shout for joy at your victory and lift the banner in the name of our God. May the Lord fulfill all your requests. Hey, listen, it's not good news in Chief's kingdom, but in the kingdom, it's still good news, all right? The banner's still lifted high. There's still victory. Now, I know that the Lord gives victory to his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with mighty victories from his right hand. Some take pride in chariots and others in horses, but we take pride in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand firm. Lord, give victory to the king. May he answer us on the day that we call. Amen. Isn't that good news? I mean, isn't it good news? I mean, come on, people. It's good news. Thank you. Yeah, it is. It's good news today. And I think we need, we just need to hear that word of encouragement. First through fifth graders, any little ones in the house? First through fifth, come on up. Come on up, you guys. Come on, Grady. The Grady. Come on up here, man. I just got a few things to share. First of all, Steve, Steve, come here, man. Come here. Steve, Steve thinks he's in first through fifth grade. Come on up here, man. I wanted to present Steve with the certificate. Steve and his daughter, Noelle, if you were here last week, he was baptized. It was awesome. Just give a big round of applause. It was, it was very cool. Give me some love, man. So this is just a uh, official, unofficial certificate, just the states that you were baptized. It's, I don't know what it's worth other than it's suitable for framing and it, it reminds you of that day. And so proud of you, man. So men, remember, keep praying for Steve, keep encouraging him, challenging him. So thanks a lot, man. Thank Appreciate you. it. All right, you guys, come here. All right. 
All right, so I just have a few questions. You want to get on the stage? Just set up on the stage. Jump up there. Can you jump up there? Oh, oh she's got it. Oh, there we are. Okay. All right, it's just, it's just the five of us, okay? Just scoot in a little closer. Grady won't bite you. He might slobber on you, but he won't bite you. Come here. All right, so it's New Year, right? What year is it? <laughs> so far, so good. 2018. I, I can't even read. Like, when I was a kid your age, I thought 2018 seemed like so futuristic. Like, like cars would be hovering by now with no drivers in them. Like, um, do you ever see the Jetsons? Anybody else see the Jetsons? Any jet- yeah. You guys have no idea who the Jetsons are, do you? Shame on your parents. Shame on your parents for not knowing who the Jetsons are. Anyway, microwaves. Those were cool back then. So, what do you think? This is New Year, so we always think about New Year's resolutions, right? Have you, did you guys talk about that at all in your home, like New Year's resolutions? Does that sound familiar at all? No Jetsons, no resolutions. Man. All right, so what do you think a resolution is? Like, this, it's a big word. Probably I've never used it in a sentence before. What, is, what do you think a resolution is? Hmm? Not the American resolution. It's the revolution. Right? It's a whole other story. What do you think a resolution is? Just, just the five of us. Don't pay attention to that. Any ideas? Huh? It's something to do with the new year, yeah. No? No? Okay, that's all right. That's all right. Google it, all right? A, here's what a resolution is, okay? So listen, here's the definition. A firm decision, like, man, you're, like, really super serious about this. Like, you mean it. To... Do something or not to do something. Okay? Does that make sense? All right, so you're making a firm decision not to do something or to do something in the new year. Does that make sense? All right, so have you thought about that? Like some new, like a resolution for the new year. Like I am, I am not going to uh, tell on my brother unless he's doing something that somebody could die. All right, then you got to tell on him, all right? That's good. Or I'm not going to be mean to my sister. Or I'm going to be, I'm going to listen to my parents more. Something like that, right? Do you have any new firm decisions, things you're not going to do or do in the new year? Been thinking about that at all? No? Grady's whispering. What do you think? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. You're not going to do anything (laughs) at all this year. All right, it's a firm decision. What do, you think would, what do you think would be a good resolution for you, though? Like a firm decision to do or to not do something in the new year. What do you think would be a good resolution for you guys? Oh, read the Bible. Boom. Awesome. I'll give you that dollar later. All right, good job. Good answer. <laughs> He's like, you're getting a dollar? <laughs> you better come up with an answer. What do you think? Something to do or not do. Like some cha- you're going to make some changes in the new year. What do you think? Carly, I know your wheels are turning in there. Anything you can think of? No? What about you? Nothing? Anything you can do or not do? Yeah, he's, he's giving you a hint. This is your chance, your big chance right now. What did he say? Pray. Yeah, yes, boom, all right? So do you think you could probably listen better to your parents? Maybe clean your room? Is that an issue? No? No, you clean your, your room is perfect? <laughs> I don't know. All right, but I want you guys to be thinking about that, all right? What are some things you could do or not do in this new year to make some changes, right? Sound good? All right, 
Good job. Good job. Sorry to put you on the spot. No, I'm not really sorry. All right, go ahead. Go sit down. So last week, we, we didn't talk about resolution. We talked about expectations, right? If you were here last week and you guys wrote down on your card, what were your expectations for the new year? Expectations for the new year. And we got some great responses, by the way. Like, I really loved going through the cards and going through these responses that you guys gave me. Uh, but before that, I want to tell you, I want to finish up my coat story. How many of you here last week and you heard the coat story? You familiar with the coat story? Yeah. So, like, I... I gave a coat away, but I found this really cool coat here at church, and I had it for a couple of weeks until someone listened to my sermon online last week, and I get a text message, hey, I think you have my coat. I was like, man, why did we put that podcast online? I could still have that coat today. I would have worn it today. But it turns out it was Justin's coat. We're Justin back there. Justin, Justin's like, hey, I think you have my coat. I thought he was just messing with me, seriously. I was like, oh, yeah? What well, was in the front pocket? He said a half-eaten granola bar. I said, nope, it was a half-eaten banana. There was nothing in the pockets, by the way. Matter of fact, put your name on your stuff, all right? If you're going to go leaving it around, put your name on your stuff, or at least, at least leave something in your pocket, or some money, I don't know, like something for us to find. So, so I gave him his coat. But then you, but I was th- here's what I was thinking. All right, wait a minute. So I gave a coat. God gave me a coat. So the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. So I know the Lord's got to give it again, right? Like that's just in this, his economy. I know something good's going to happen. So I took his coat back to him, and then I drove to a friend's, friend's house, and I got to his house, and uh, he was feeling under the weather, so I took him some homemade ham and bean soup, uh, gluten-free. It was perfect for him. I took it to him, and he was like, I was telling him the coat story. He thought it was funny, and he was like, hey, wait a minute. What size of jeans do you wear? I was like, I don't know, 34, 34. And he's like, Wait right there. He leaves, comes back, and gives me four pair of, like, almost brand new jeans, like expensive jeans. And I'm like, it's not a coat, but hey, it'll do, all right? It'll do. I needed some new jeans. Just, just a little bit ago, my wife was like, you need some new pants? God already knew I needed new pants, and he gave them to me. So I don't know what the moral of that story is. Uh, keep giving. Keep trying to outgive God. I promise you, a little bit of ham soup, ham and bean soup goes a long way. I think I'm just going to stay down here today. We're just a light crowd. It's just, it's just a few of us. So I want to share with you, I want to share with these, these expectations just to, because I want us to pray into these things for the new year. Okay? The reason why these are so important to me because these represent you. Like I'm hearing from you. It's not about you coming and just listening to me. I want to, I get to hear from you. I get to hear your heart. I see your I see your heart in these. And so, so just in no, no particular order, I just went through these cards. And so just listen, so just listen to these things. And some of these, you're going to hear them like, yeah, that was me. And some of them, you're gonna, you'll hear them and think, oh, I wonder who that was that, that wrote that. And so I just want you to, to use this as fuel for your prayer fire. So number one, God to move in ways that are new to my eyes. Better relationship with my spouse. To be more generous. Be more prepared to share the gospel with other people. To renew my purpose and discover what God wants for my future. To get a new attitude. Now, kids that were just up here, these are some like good resolutions, some things that you want to change. We're making firm decisions 
to do or not to do things. And next week, we'll talk about the 2017 trash that needs to be taken out, things to not do. But here's some things we can do in the upcoming year to uh, get a new attitude. Which You know what? This was a young girl that wrote this one. I love this one. She goes, I want a new attitude towards my family. It's a little girl who wrote this. I want to have a heart to love what Jesus loves and to hate what he hates. I want more people to ask me about my faith. I want to be less judgmental. I want to grow in faith. I want to face challenges with courage. I want to have peace with where I am in my life. To see God's majesty everywhere that I look. To walk in obedience to what God is asking of me. I want my son to grow into a man. I want to increase my patience. I want to be more kind to others. To find the good in every day. To serve the Lord in every day. To go through hardships followed by amazing moments. That's real life, right? A new job. I want to minister to young teenage girls. I want to experience the real love of Christ. I want to struggle... Or no, it says, I will struggle with my son graduating high school. Like, I thought that was good and just real and vulnerable. Like, I'm going to struggle with my son taking that next step and moving on. Difficulties, I'm going to struggle with difficulties with my parents' health. I want to see restoration. I want to be a good steward of my time and resources. I want to live in the moment. I want to share Jesus more with my children. I expect to sin just being real, but I expect to worship. I expect more ministry opportunities. I expect healing in our family. I want to focus on what's going on under my roof and not be distracted by the outside world. I want to listen more to sense where God wants me to be. And I want to grow in the power of God's love. The one that really... uh, struck me the most was the first one and this was from an individual that they came to church for the first time last week and they they wrote this down I want I want to see God move in ways that are new to my eyes and I was like yes yeah that's good that is a good that's a good prayer for our church it's a good prayer for my kids, I want to see God moving in a way that's new to my kids' eyes. Like, Dad, I've never seen this before. Like, all this time, I've been, I've known God. My kids have known Jesus since they were little. But they grow up to see God move in new ways. Like, ways that they can't explain. Like, this has to be God because I've never seen it before. In new ways to see God move in this world that we live. I want the world to see God move in ways that they've never seen before. Don't you long for that? Man, I do. I do. We, we see stuff in the, on the news and on TV, and you think, man, just as soon as I thought I've seen everything, <laughs> and then we see this. Like, I want to see um, a move of God in our community. You know, I want to see a move of God in our, in our nation. Yeah, we do. Man, Brady and I were driving in the city the other day, and there's just so many hurting people. Guys, people with names, with stories, and pasts, and not-so-bright futures. But we want to see God move in ways that are new to our eyes. Like, 
Are we okay with just the same old, same old? Are we okay with status quo? Are you okay with the way things are? Or do we want to see more? You know, new ways of God moving in our lives. And I think that whole, that whole prayer, that whole expectation of new things with, with our, and things that we see with our eyes is like a good umbrella for all of these other expectations. Like we want to see God move in new ways in all of these things and more, things that we didn't get listed on a piece of paper. If you weren't here last week, you didn't get to add yours. Yours might be similar, might be different, who knows. And so uh, turn with me to John chapter 14. So, so I went looking, obviously, uh, in, in Scripture and went to a couple different places and I felt like I was kind of where I wanted to be and then I got to thinking more and I changed, it kind of changed my mind, which happens a lot. So John chapter 14, we'll start at verse 15, so go ahead and take some time to get there. So this is Jesus, and he's sitting with his, uh, his followers, and he's, he's preparing them. He's preparing them for, the, for, uh, for a time when they're not going to be able to see him with their eyes. I mean, think about it. These guys have had the opportunity. Talk about seeing some new things with their eye. I mean, they got to see Jesus do all these miracles. They, they saw it with their own eyes. And they got to touch him and see him. And you know, just real quick, even with them getting to see Jesus with their own eyes, they still had doubts. They still struggled. They still denied even knowing who he was. You know, so you're in good company. <laughs> you're not alone by any means. And so Jesus is sitting with them, and this is you know, at the beginning of John 14 is the famous passage of Scripture where he tells them, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. And then he gets to, down to this place where he, uh, he, he shares, this, uh, he shares a, a truth with them. He tells them, you're not going to be able to see me anymore soon, but what you're going to have is you're going to have the Holy Spirit that's going to come and live in you, and I think it's going to help you then see the world differently than you've ever seen before. Like, you're going to have actually my eyes living in you. Which, is so, I don't know, it's just funny, funny that I'm thinking about this right now. I, uh, I take my glasses off, and I know who you are, but you're, you're blurry to me. Like, I know these are my daughters, but their faces are blurry to me. And I see things completely different when, obviously, when I put my glasses on. So the disciples, they're getting ready to put new glasses on. And they're going to see the world differently. They're no longer going to be able to let Jesus do it for them. They're going to now have to go and do it themselves. And Jesus is preparing them for that moment. So listen to what he says. John chapter 14, starting in verse 15. Okay, so with the idea of we're wanting God to, to open our eyes, us to reveal himself in a deeper way, new things with our eyes. So Jesus kind of gives us, um, I think the, the, not the remedy, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Here's the recipe for how that can happen. If you love me, 
you will keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. This counselor, he is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him. But you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. Okay, this is a great mystery of the Christian faith. Jesus walked on earth. He ascended into heaven. He sent the Spirit back to, to come and live in us. Maybe you've heard the phrase before. Have you ever accepted Christ as your Savior? Have you received Christ as your Savior? And what that means is through your belief in Christ as Lord, you know, died on the cross, rose again from the dead. You believe in that and you receive this gift called the Holy Spirit to come live in you. Uh, The world is unable to receive it because they don't believe it, right? They just don't believe it. They don't believe it's true. So they don't don't have that. They're not able to see. They don't have the glasses to be able to see differently. But as a follower of Jesus Christ, you do. You have that in you. And uh, we don't want to squander that. We don't want to waste that gift that he's given us. It's, a, it's an incredible gift. And so he goes on to say, verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. In a little while the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live too. On that day you will know that I am in my Father You are in me, and I am in you. It's a powerful thought. The one who has my commands and keeps them. All right, here's here's the, here's the point that I'm coming to. The one who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my Father. I also will love him, and I will reveal myself to him. Man, you want to see Jesus? Do you want to see Jesus move in ways that are new to your eyes? Do you want to? Well, let me tell you how that's going to happen. It's going to happen because of, and this is a word we maybe not want to hear very much, it's going to happen because of obedience. That's it. Like, there's no magic formula. It's going to happen as you walk in obedience, and the way that we know that we are obedient, or the way that we know that we love him, is when we walk in that obedience, and when we obey, okay? And this is not like, oh man, I gotta obey, like I have no choice. No, it's just like, man, I get to obey him. He has given me his spirit to live in me, to walk with me. To, so I'm never alone. I can, these battles that I'm facing, I'm not alone in these battles. He's going he's gonna to send help from Zion, it says in the psalm that I read. He's going to be with me as I go. And out of that, I just, I want to walk with him. I want to walk in obedience. Because listen, the longer you walk in obedience with Jesus, and I know this is true in my life because I know the opposite effect too. The longer I, I've walked in disobedience, the less I see of Jesus Does that make sense? I mean, come on, think about it. If you want to see Jesus move in new ways in your life, then you have to give him everything. You have to be willing to surrender it all to him. And when you do, it's powerful. Listen, Judas, not scary, not the one who betrayed Jesus, said to him, Lord, how is it you're going to reveal yourself to us 
and not to the world. And Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, all right, so this is an if and then. If anyone loves me, then he will keep my word. My father will love him and he will, he will come to him and says we will come to him and make our home with him. And the one who doesn't love me will not keep my words. The word that you hear is not mine, but it is from the father who sent me. The one who doesn't love me will not keep my words. And the one who doesn't love me he will not see me. I will not reveal myself to someone who doesn't want any part of me. He's just not going to do it. Now, there's all kinds of evidence in the world, and, and God, the Spirit, I believe, draws people to him. But if you want a deeper, meaningful revelation of who Jesus Christ is, then it's going to require you to take a step. It's just going to require you to take a step. In all of these expectations, I think, I think here's the thought I was having about these expectations. Um, the more we draw closer to Jesus, the more we step towards him in love and in obedience, I think the more he reveals himself to us. And then the more we want to invite him into all of these expectations, right? Think about all these things that I read, your expectations that you have. You want to invite Jesus into that expectation, you, don't want, you can't do it on your own. You're not going to be able to fulfill it on your own. You just won't be able to. You want to ask him to come into that. So here, here's these thoughts. It says the more that uh, he will reveal himself to us, the more we will get to see him move in indescribable ways. If you want to see new things with your eyes when it comes to all of these expectations, invite Jesus in. By the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in you. Okay, so you have it there. It's like you have to access it. All right, I want, I want to see this. I want to see God move into all these expectations. Let him have his way. So you can ask him this question. What do you need from me right now, God? I was having this beautiful conversation with this sweet young lady, Taylor, right here, the other day. And I would say, be obedient to the very next thing God's asking you to do. Don't get overwhelmed. It's not that complicated. We make, we make this faith thing too complicated. Just be obedient to the very next thing he's asking you to do today. And invite him into that moment. Say, Jesus, I want you here with me. And how is he here with you? He's here because of the Holy Spirit that lives in you. He's present with you in the moment. How is he going to keep you from returning to the trash of 2017? Because he's going to be there with you. <laughs> and you don't want to take him into that. You want him to be present. So ask him this question. God, what do you need from me right now? So what would be the answer for you? Just in your own heart, what, what does he need from you right now? Charles uh, Spurgeon, this incredible pastor, teacher, author, here's this quote that he shared that I thought was interesting. When it comes to our affections and our love towards God, because it says, if you love me, you'll obey me. And I use this example all the time, uh, and I'll use it again. I've never wanted my children to obey me out of fear of punishment, but out of love. I just love my dad so much, I'm going to do what he asked me to do. That's my motivation. Now, here's the deal, though. Here's where that, that illustration kind of fails a little bit, because I haven't always loved them well. Not the way they deserve to be loved. 
But you can't say that about God. You can't say that about him. And so when we love him back, listen to what Spurgeon says. Holy affections enable us to see and, as far as it is possible, to understand divine things. So you want to know more in 2018? You want a deeper revelation of who God is? Then press into him. Step in and, and love him and obey the very next thing he's asking you to do. And I promise you, I, I promise you, God, he will reveal himself to you in ways that you've never seen before. And that's my hope for you. That's my prayer for you. It's, it's not about what it is that Brady can give you, because I, I don't have much. I really don't. I mean, I have this, and I have the love that he's put in my heart for this and for you. But other than that, I'm completely inadequate to give you all that God wants to give you. But he will not disappoint you. He just won't. And all of these expectations that we have, if you want to see those things come true, then, like I was telling the kids, make a firm decision. Stand strong to say, I'm going to press into this this year. I'm not going to give up. It's going to require you to have um, this word that I've been using recently a lot. It's going, to have you, it's going to require you to have some grit. Grit is passionate persistence in pursuit of something. All right? Passionate persistence in pursuit of something. And why not let that something be Jesus this year? Like, I'm going to, this year is going to be my passionate pursuit. I'm going to have grit. I am going to stand firm. I'm not going to give up. For young ladies and for young men, for old ladies and for old men, it is the greatest pursuit of life. Because the world's going to come against you, and it's going to be easy if you want to just give up and say, you know what? It's like a resolution. I tried to eat healthy, gosh darn, for a week. And then I just gave up on the weekend, and then I was like, what? What does it even matter? I'm just going to keep eating unhealthy. Well, don't give up. <laughs> get back up. <laughs> uh, drop the chalupa. Nobody will get hurt, all right? Just put it down and move forward. But it's going to require some grit. So here's the deal. Listen, I'm really excited about this. In the next, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to introduce to you this, uh, this, new, this, new th- this new way of thinking or new, some new thoughts and some new things that we're going to be doing as a church for the first part of the new year. And we're going to be pressing in and looking at spiritual disciplines. Don't freak out on me. Holy habits. Maybe a better way to talk about it. Holy habits. You want to, you want to have some good holy habits? I have enough unholy habits, I'll just tell you that much. But you want some holy habits? Habits that are going to help you grow up in your faith. You want to grow up in your faith? You want to grow more in your faith, right? Or, or are you happy where you're at? You're just going to stay right where you're at? Uh, habits that are going to draw us closer together, okay, as a body of Christ. Hey, there's going to be a time in our world where we're going to need each other more than we've ever imagined before. The body of Christ is going to need each other. Right now, we can live, just kind of how you're seated right now, you can kind of live separate until you have a need and then you can come together. But there's going to be a time when we're going to, we're going to, we're going to cling to one another in this world. I believe it's going to happen. 
There's going to be a persecution, I believe, against the church. And we're going to say, you know what? We're either all in or we're all out. And we're going to draw close to one another in a powerful way. And it's going to be beautiful. And the church is going to thrive and grow. And it's going to be things that you've never seen with your eyes. I don't know when, but I believe it's true. And then it says, it not only grows us up and draws us together, but it also prepares us to be sent out. Right? So these spiritual disciplines that we're going to be looking at, we'll look at them for about 12 weeks in a row. We're going to create um, some groups, some small groups to get together. If, if you're not in a group of other people encouraging and challenging and praying with one another, you're missing it. You're missing the, the blessing that can come with it. And I know some of your work schedules don't just make it almost impossible, but you've got to find a few other people where you can walk this out with. Whatever it takes. Even if it's like at a crazy hour in the day. Just find a few other people and walk out. This thing called faith. Press in to Jesus with passionate persistence. Now, I'm responsible to do that myself, right? And you're responsible to do that. I can't do it for you. It does no good. I can't live David's life for him. I can't get up on the guitar and pretend I'm him. It'd be ugly. <laughs> so let's pray. As the worship team comes, here's what we're going to do. Quick, uh, quick announcement. No fireside for men tonight. It's, the weather's going to be too nasty. So just FYI. But here's what I want you to do. I want, I want, you, to, I want you to begin that, uh, that passionate pursuit. Passionate, persistent pursuit today. And so if you feel the freedom to, to come up and pray, Brady, I know we talked about this. Brady's going to come up. He'll be over here. I'll be here. If you'll feel the freedom to, to come up and say, you know what? We want to, uh, we want to pray into the, this, these expectations that we have. In reality, we all should come up and pray. I mean, that's just it. But, but I know some of you won't for whatever reason. But, uh, but, this is, but this is what this time is for. And I think if the church, if they pray... <laughs> And seek God's face. We'll start seeing things with, that our eyes have never seen before. And so I want to encourage you to, whatever it is that God's stirring in your heart, just that's, that's what you come with. That's the, be obedient to the very next thing he's asking you to do.